ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. This will be one of the most memorable nights in Detroit football for that 89-year-old and the 62,000 others here. One more knee and business is done. And Detroit, for the first time in 32 years, your Lions have won a playoff game. Have at it. In cold weather, hearts were warmed as the Detroit Lions broke through for their first postseason win in over 30 years. They joined seven other teams as the NFL playoffs are locked in and the season hurdles towards the Super Bowl. How far can the rookies take the Houston Texans? Can Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs deliver Taylor Swift a Super Bowl? And how will some classic quarterback battles shake out? It's playoff time. I'm Poppy Penny and this is ABC Sport Daily. Phil Murphy is the anchor for ESPN's Sports Centre and you've no doubt seen him on your screens talking NBA, but today we're talking NFL. We have our final eight for the playoffs and I want to run through some of the big storylines in this coming postseason. Phil, the first game of the NFL playoffs sees the Green Bay Packers head to San Francisco to take on the Red Hot 49ers. The Packers will have some confidence after dismantling the Cowboys in the wildcard round, but this is another level. How could Jordan Love combat Brock Purdy and his A-grade offense? Poppy, it is another step up for Jordan Love. And you mentioned you know, the overall, we're down to eight teams in the NFL playoffs. And I think it's fair to say this game is kind of a microcosm of, of an overall theme in that the NFL's in good hands after Tom Brady's retirement. I'm retiring for good. There are four quarterbacks under age 30 this deep into the playoffs. It's only happened twice before this season, and once was actually last year, and Brock Purdy was part of that quartet. Now Jordan Love joins the fray. A C from Jordan Love and Dobbs, another big catch today. He's got 25. And there was no expectation that he would go out and perform as admirably as he did on the road in Dallas, but this is a team that's growing up before our eyes. The Packers have the youngest roster In the NFL, 25.7 years average age. You saw in the last eight weeks of the regular season, they went 6-2 and in Jordan Love, 18 touchdowns, one interception. He was magnificent. You then amplify the stakes, go to Dallas, three touchdowns, no picks, and absolutely stunning the Cowboys. I mean, by the time Dallas, you know, realized the game was on, they were down 27-0. At that point, it was functionally over. But now they face a San Francisco team that's been to a conference championship before with this core unit. And I think Jordan Love's going to get a very different test. Although, like I mentioned, 21 touchdowns and one interception over the last nine weeks of the regular and postseason, he's done a lot of that against man-to-man defense. San Francisco deploys a zone. And Love has been far more pedestrian against the zone. All due respect to him. Eight touchdowns to ten interceptions. So now you face a Brock Purdy team. 49ers trying to add to their lead. Purdy over the middle touchdown McCaffrey and Purdy with a dime in San Francisco and yeah they have a couple losses in the middle of the season they lost three in a row but you have to remember they were without both Debo Samuel their explosive wide receiver running back combo and and their left tackle Trent Williams the only game they lost they were at full strength was Christmas night here locally in the U.S. Boxing Day by you uh, against the Ravens, who a lot of people tip that as a Super Bowl preview. That was the only game they lost when they were really at full strength. End zone shot, another interception, this one for Marcus Williams, and that is that. 
for Green Bay and San Francisco. It's a rivalry steeped in NFL playoff history. This will be their 10th all-time postseason meeting. That is the most in the NFL and two franchises that are tied for first and second in all-time playoff wins. Still exciting times for Packers fans. I'm sure they're looking at that youth and getting really excited. I want to talk about feel-good stories, and we love feel-good stories. The Detroit Lions are filling our cups. Their fans were crying in the stands as they won their first postseason match in over 30 years. And to a very important place for him. And yeah, you see a few tears in there for those folks. More history to be made for them if they win a second playoff game. They got to get over Tampa Bay. Is the feel good factor enough? <laughs> well, I, I, I don't know that it has to be. I mean, this is a really good team. They started with five wins in their first six games, which included a win in Tampa. They went down to Tampa, and without their rookie running back, Jameer Gibbs, for the duration of that game, and without David Montgomery for the last two and a half quarters, they dominated Tampa. They, they threw the ball with frequency. Jared Goff had 353 pass yards in that game. That was a season high. It's that quarterback's town now. Jared Goff's town. You mentioned the feel-good story. I mean, watching the broadcast here, I'm sure you saw the same thing. They were showing fans in the stands who had been season ticket holders for 60 years and witnessed one playoff win. It wasn't (laughs) just a 32, 33-year drought before the last postseason win. It was 30-odd years prior to that. This game is over. Oh, the Detroit Lions have won it. Celebrate, boys. Celebrate. You're coming right back here next week. What a night. What a night. And you and I were talking before this conversation officially started, you know, about some AFL teams that, that don't have a, a premiership flag, um, you know, whether you support Frio or GWS, team that, that fits into that. Th- those fans aren't exactly long-suffering because those are newer franchises. I mean, the, the Lions have been around since before the Super Bowl was a thing. The, the only comparable, I mean, this is all due respect to my good pal Nick Rewalt, it's kind of like a St. Kilda situation where, you know, you got the one flag in the mid-60s, but St. supporters, they got to watch the team reach a couple grand finals in this millennium. The Lions haven't, and now they not only get one playoff home game and a win and all the tears, the emotion, and all that it means to the city and, and their head coach, Dan Campbell, who was a player on the team that 16 years ago went 0-16, now he's leading the, the team, they get another playoff home game, and they're favored in this game. They're expected to win, and now it, it's gone from a feel-good story to a team playing with some confidence and a team that is standing across from another side that they've beaten before And I think that's just it. Keep that same psychological intensity. Don't have a level of satisfaction. Jared Goff, the Lions quarterback, has been magnificent at home in his Lions career, which only goes back three years. But 56 touchdowns to 12 interceptions in home games. I think Ford Field is going to be shaking this weekend. And I think uh, their win over the Rams was competitive. It was close. It was down to the last second. Candidly, if if all goes according to plan, I think the Lions are going to win a little bit more comfortably this time around and punch their ticket to their first conference championship since 1991. As a Frio fan, I can tell you it still does hurt, but these guys are giving me a little bit of confidence. (laughs) Double the length of your misery. 1995, (laughs) double that length and you get a taste of what the Lions fans have been through. Oh, it hurts. We have seen rookies have success in the postseason. Look at what Brock Purdy did last year in the playoffs. He set records as a rookie. But the Texans have got a rookie coach and a rookie quarterback as they take on the Ravens. Can they handle the heat? I mean, I would have said no, but I I said no last week, and I was wrong. I was dead wrong. (laughs) One final kneel down. The Texan train rolls on, and the story of Stroud is just beginning. Houston, dominant, 
45-14, and they're on to the divisional. They handled the heat perfectly. Now, they were at home against the Browns, but that was the number one total defense in the NFL. And the script said, Texans, good on you. You've made it to, to a point, but this is where the ride ends. And it didn't. they didn't just win. They, they were very impressive. And C.J. Stroud threw the ball well. Play action for Stroud. Good protection. Loads it up. Fires downfield. Excellent touch. Perfectly delivered. Touchdown, Dalton Schultz. Stroud strikes again for 37 yards. On script, off script, under pressure, and tight coverage. And that's been his calling card all year. Typically, these rookie quarterbacks, they have an issue with turning the ball over. They're confident in their ability, but when they really do test themselves, they give the ball away. They make a bad throw in the tight coverage. They're not used to the speed of the game. That hasn't been C.J. Stroud. The, the Texans have the fewest giveaways in the NFL this year, just 14 but now they face a Ravens defense that is number one in the NFL in points per game allowed, number one in takeaways generated, and number one in sacks. Since the NFL and AFL, the American Football League, merged in 1970, the Ravens are the only defense to lead the NFL in all three. And the Texans have to go to Baltimore, the black and purple. It's going to be a, a tough, challenging, loud environment for Stroud. And oh, by the way, even if he is able to overcome that defense and put up a decent point total, you have a guy on the other side in Lamar Jackson who probably is going to be NFL MVP for a second time this season. And what Lamar Jackson was able to do, I would have to believe that he kind of leapfrogged everybody tonight, and he's the odds-out favorite to win it. He is magnificent, particularly off of play action, even though he lost his tight end, Mark Andrews, for much of the season. And they're down all these different running backs. He has shown a level of relentlessness and inability to be slowed down despite some very challenging personnel situations around him. But, yeah, if C.J. Stroud can do this, I mean, it really would be unprecedented for rookie success in the NFL and even as I say that, I'm like, is that hyperbole? I don't, I don't think it is. With a first-year head coach, D'Amico Ryans, he lost his wide receiver one, Tank Dell, in the middle of the season to a broken leg. And Okay, well, we just have next man up. His team believes in him, and I think even if Texans fans are disappointed in the result this weekend, they have to be very excited for the next decade because I think they have found their franchise quarterback. And the Ravens, the expectation is that, is that they will win and they're on their way to a Super Bowl, but they better take this Texan side seriously. We're in summer down here in Australia, but there has been some inclement weather affecting some of these games. One of those games was the Buffalo Bills. It had to be postponed. There was snow in the stands, but they did make it through the wildcard phase, only to be faced with a team who has knocked them out of the playoffs two of the last three seasons, the reigning champ the Kansas City Chiefs. They've probably got a score to settle here, I'd suspect. Uh, they do, and this is why this is the main event of the NFL weekend in the divisional round. A lot of people consider it the best NFL weekend of the year. It'll be midday Monday by you, Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. Look no further. These guys are ranked first and second all time in NFL playoff history if you combine pass yards per game and rush yards per game. Since 2020, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen ranked first and second in touchdown passes. They beat you in the pocket. They beat you outside the pocket. They beat you quick. They beat you if the plays break down and they have to create. Oh, and there he goes. No one's going to get him. Incredible breaks it for the touchdown. 52 yards. Unbelievable. Josh Allen. And now we get a, a round three in the playoffs. The interesting thing, both games thus far in the postseason have been in Kansas City, Arrowhead Stadium, the Chiefs' home field. Now, for the first time, the Bills get the home field advantage. The Bills have been a far different, far stronger team this season in western New York in their friendly confines. Patrick Mahomes, 16th playoff start, 
first true road game for him. How will he handle it? Well, if he handles it at all like he has in the regular season, he'll be just fine. (laughs) 38-11 is Mahomes in road games. That's the most wins for any quarterback in his first 50 starts. Now going to have to make a play, (laughs) and nobody does it better than him. There goes Mahomes inside the 10. First and goal, vintage Patrick. The Kansas City offense, which has been a little mediocre, less explosive, less incendiary than, than we're accustomed to for much of this regular season. If they can find a measure of footing, I think we have a very interesting game on our hands. And funny enough, I think the way these teams are structured, I think if it is kind of cold and nasty, it actually might favor how Kansas City wants to move the ball. They like the short, quick passes, whereas Buffalo seems to be a team that likes to beat you over the top with those big chunk plays. I, again, I don't think this is the final chapter of Mahomes versus Allen, but being the first time in Buffalo, by my money, it's the most interesting thus far. We've got eight teams left. I need you to give me a tip for the Super Bowl. I know it's tough. Who is going to be the final two in February? Well, my, my wild card weekend picks did not go great. <laughs> I need to they have that caveat. They didn't go great. But all along I had the, I mean, basically since, gosh, beginning of December, the, the 49ers and, and Ravens have seemed to just be a cut above. Um, I've said 49ers over Ravens, even though Baltimore won in San Francisco. I still think should they meet again in Las Vegas, San Francisco will make the requisite adjustments and come away with a Super Bowl win. A lot of work to be done between now and then for both of these teams. But if you're asking me today, which you are, I say uh, San Francisco beats Baltimore in a very, very exciting Super Bowl should it come to that. Phil Murphy, it's going to be a big couple of weeks of football for you. Thanks so much for your time today. Anytime, Poppy. Headlines. The second round of the Australian Open is underway and there are eight Aussies remaining in the singles draw. So here is a quick around the grounds. Alex Dimonor won in straight sets today over an Italian Matteo Arnaldi. Storm Hunter moved into the third round with a win over German Laura Siegermund. Alexi Poprin will need to play out of his skin as he faces Novak Djokovic tonight. Also in action today, Chris O'Connell and Jordan Thompson. Isla Tomlanovic made it through overnight with a huge third set comeback in what was an emotional return to her home slam. And Max Purcell and Thanasi Kokonakis round out the Aussie contingent through to the second round. Phew! Cricket and Australia won the toss and elected to field against the West Indies and turned out to be a good decision in Adelaide. At tea on the first day, they had the Windies nine down with a bowling masterclass from Josh Hazelwood and Pat Cummins, who each took four wickets. Kirk McKenzie is the top scorer for the visitors so far, scoring 50 off 94 balls. NRL and the Broncos have denied fullback Tristan Saylor's request for an immediate release from the club to join the Super League in England. His deal with the Lee Leopards was contingent on his immediate release from his Broncos contract, which doesn't expire until the end of 2025. So he remains in Queensland. I'm Poppy Penny and this is ABC Sport Daily, produced by Joel Cassam. Thanks to CBS, Fox Sports, ESPN and the Detroit Lions for the extra audio used in this episode. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.